0: healing conversations about mental illness.
1: Season three of this podcast is sponsored by the Charles E. Kubli Foundation, which supports efforts to reduce the stigma of mental illness. We are solely responsible for podcast content.
0: Hi, Terry. Hello, Bridgie. When we talk with people about depression, almost every, every conversation includes the insidious battle of reoccurring negative thoughts mm. uh-huh. and the loss of interest, vitality, and hope. Yep. And there is certainly, obviously, no one-size-fits-all experience of this illness as its depth and severity can change regularly and randomly for any of us.
1: It, absolutely. And then there are other factors, right? There are cultural differences, that affect everything from prevalence to reporting to treatment. Um, I read that it's widely reported that anxiety and mood disorders are much less common in China than in the U.S. I didn't know that. And according to research by the National Institutes of Health, members of ethnic minority groups are less likely than white middle-class people to seek professional treatment for depression and other mental health problems.
0: So if depression isn't complicated enough, there's all that to work in there, too. Mm -hmm. Today, our guest is Philip, and we met him at a mental health conference and knew right away that we wanted him to give voice to depression.
1: So we very seldom mention appearance in these podcasts because it just doesn't matter. Depression hardly cares if you're a supermodel or an average Joe, rich, poor, black, white, a rocket surgeon, or a podcast host. But Philip Roundtree, wearing a custom-made T-shirt that says in huge letters, this is what depression looks like, gets your attention when he walks in a room. And you have a very unique look. (laughs) I have a... You describe yourself. Okay, so
2: I am six foot. I am 225 (laughs) pounds. I'm a power lifter, uh, a bodybuilder. So I have a a little bit of muscles. I have a big beard. Um... An infectious smile. And I'm dark-skinned because that does play a part in it, too.
1: Well, let's talk about yesterday because that was the first thing I noticed <laughs> about you. You walked into the session with a huge smile on your face and a shirt that said, this is what depression looks like. Yeah. And the, the, I would say incongruity except that I know that, A, we hide a lot behind a smile. And, B, exactly. we also have happy times. Exactly. You know? so exactly. I loved that. So talk oh, to thank me a little you. bit about that.
2: Yeah. You know, that was something that I... You know a shirt I created so when I am out when I'm at these you know schools in in urban settings um, and they see me they see they may or may not see the shirt they just have somebody to say okay you know what I'm not alone in this because a lot of times as you know with mental health we we feel like we're alone like nobody else is experiencing it, even though the person you probably talk to every day is experiencing this you know something similar Uh, so that's why it's important for me to to wear this because again, like you said, we have happy times. You know, we you know I smile, I laugh. That's my whole life. But yeah, I, I woke up this morning. I wasn't feeling the best, and it's just like, all right, you know, let me take the medication and then go on. You know, it's something I deal with on a daily basis. I'm not afraid of it. I'm not ashamed of it. This is a part of who I am. A few other parts of Philip, a
1: therapist, include bachelor's and master's degrees in social work and a professional focus on wellness that includes physical, emotional, spiritual, and mental
2: health. It is such a taboo, overly stigmatized topic within the black community.
1: Tell me about that, because I am obviously a middle-aged white woman. So (laughs) I know about the stigma in general, but I do not know about the stigma within the black community. So educate me.
2: So, I, I mean, I think it's... It's distinct, The overall stigma of mental health is just universal. Um, you know, we're not supposed to talk as a society. We're not supposed to talk about it. You know, your troubles are your troubles. You're supposed to deal with it. You're supposed to be strong. You're supposed to be resilient. You're supposed to be able over to overcome and pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Um, me being a, a man, you know, that's intensified. And then when we come and add the me being a black man, it's it's to the point where at times it's just unbearable.
1: Philip says it is hard enough to talk about and manage depression without dealing with medical mistrust, discrimination, or cultural incompetence.
2: I mean, in in the black community, um, for, for fair reason, we just don't have these discussions. We're, we're talking about historical trauma that has happened to us since slavery, um, and so we fast forward where we've had to be resilient. Um, we had to to hide our emotions in order to in order to cope with what was happening to us. And so again, we we go from from slavery through the civil rights, and and even up until now with what's happening um, in society with the social injustices and what have you. And so. You know, again, my role is to try and have that conversation with people that look like me because representation matters. And and so, you know, when we look at, you know, our Afrocentric values as a a culture, we're very religious. Um, And so as most people, you give your troubles to God, you pray, you pray, you pray. And I see it a lot, especially on social media. Listen, I tell people prayer is a wonderful coping strategy. But also God made doctors and, and prescription medication to assist you. You know, I've, this is something I've been dealing with, being, de- being diagnosed with depression and anxiety for some years now. They say it takes 10 years for you to finally get some assistance. I'm sure that number is even higher for, for African-Americans because we know that, you know, we're only getting treatment at one quarter of the rate of any other ethnic group. And so survival, you know, has trumped. Our wellness at times for, for a lot of people, especially in, in minority communities, uh, impoverished communities and things like that, you know, because we have to survive first, and then we can worry about the rest if we can.
1: Fortunately, Philip could and did. Because despite all his training and work in the field of mental health, his own was really challenged.
2: You know, a part of depression anxiety, you may perseverate on a thought, for a long period of time and for me it was literally from the eight i woke up one day and the thought never left the thought never left for until i started taking medication two years ago and so i experienced talking about the
1: thought of suicide the thought of suicide oh my God. yeah
2: yeah the thought of suicide five to six times a day at least um there's been times where
1: explain what does
2: that mean the- It means as far as just the the thought, I I shouldn't be here, I don't want to be here, I'm over this, I just want to go, I want to die. Me, me, me sitting in my room, not leaving the room, not eating, you know, just a part of that, uh, the whole um, depression symptoms, me, me being on, on the interstate, you know, I-90 from Philadelphia, so I-95, I-76 where I'm crying profusely because I just want to crash my car, um, having to pull on the side of the road and use my support systems to potentially help me. So, you know, I don't, I don't know what's, and I always say, I don't know what stopped me Mm -hmm. from crossing that line. You know, they say, you have a daughter. Yeah, I have a nine-year-old daughter. Um, I can't say she stopped me from crossing. it. I have no idea what, but it did. Something did. Something stopped me. Um, something um, inside of me said, you know what, call somebody. So we want
1: to pause for a second
2: here and ask who you have programmed in your phone
1: that you can call if you ever need to reach out and get some support. If no name comes to mind, and we really hope that at least one does, Put the suicide prevention lifeline number in your phone and call them. We'll say it and post it soon. But don't try to battle depression alone when it gets really bad. Because remember, it doesn't fight fair. First, it exhausts and depletes you, and then it starts trying to convince you your life is hopeless. Here's Philip again.
2: I, I, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. That was a time that was. It was rough. Yeah. It was. It was rough. And it was. as Soon as I started taking the medication, you know, it takes some time to metabolize. Mm-hmm. But, you know, within two months, it just disappeared. And then it, it, when it disappeared, I'm like, Nah, nah. Some, some, this, right. this, I, what's this? And so I'm like, I'm. I, I, sometimes I sit and try to think, like, Okay, you know, I want to die, and it just goes away. Again, I'm not, I don't advocate one way or another for a prescription, as I know for me, that that's what I needed to to help me with that. And so it was just, it was mind boggling. I'm still baffled by it, you know? Um,
1: But it's part of, in my mind, what, literally in my mind, what lets us know it's a real illness, right? Because if it was just some, some weakness I have, taking a pill wouldn't change that, right?
2: Exactly. Exactly. And and that's, you know, one of the things that, you know, I try to talk about that is that it's not, it doesn't. It's not a reflection of, I hate the term strong and weak. Um, It's not a reflection of your character. Um, This is just something that happens. Mm -hmm. And just for everybody, we just need to empathize more. Uh, We just have to be open. You can't believe, you know, 100% what's, you know, even what we see, you know, because there's so much more to a story. A lot of us experience trauma. You know, it's a lot of unresolved trauma. And so... I let people know that coping isn't enough, and so because coping, I, I look at that as like a band aid, right? So we, a part of coping, we need to heal. You know what? Yeah, we have to literally go back, and and really, that's so why I'm I'm such an advocate of therapy. You can't live in this world; it's, it's a tough place to live. You know, without talking to somebody, you know about mm-hmm. about what's happening, whether good or bad.
1: Well, I am very grateful to you. Oh, thank you. I'm glad you are speaking out and. You know, you have a unique perspective, but you also have a universal perspective because, as you say, we're all more alike than different. Exactly. So. Exactly. Thank you.
2: Thank you. This is wonderful.
0: Boy, a lot of what he says sure hit home to me. He's a very powerful speaker and, and really has
1: a great presence when he talks and gets that message across to all different groups.
0: And I love that he's built like a brick house. <laughs> But beyond his physical strength, Philip knows like he really gets that true strength, includes one's mental health. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Very well put. Um, I want to give that number for the suicide hotline. And I really do um, hope that we all, including myself, uh, program this into our phones. It's 1-800-273-TALK-TALK or one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five, 273 8255 And we'll link to Philip's site so you can learn more about his counseling and um, and see him in his great t-shirt. Absolutely. And I want to just make a note that you can now subscribe to this podcast
1: on com, and it will come to your inbox every Tuesday because we release a new edition weekly. And a special thanks to Philip for sitting down and talking with us and sharing your perspective and wisdom.
0: Thanks, Philip. We hope that our podcasts bring about a little more understanding or help people articulate their experience of depression a little more. And thanks to each and every person who's digging deep and finding the words and finding the courage to give voice to depression. And you can find our podcasts on our website, givingvoicetodepression.com,
1: as well as on iTunes, where we hope you will subscribe, rate, and respectfully comment.
0: And please remember, if you're hurting, speak up. If someone else is hurting, listen up.